0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Rebel Parenting. I'm your host, Ryan Dobson, joined by my wife, Laura. Hey, everybody. And we've got a fun program today. In fact, I'm not even a part of it. Producer Kay and Laura are joined by our friend Sally Clarkson talking about her book, The Life-Giving Table. Hey,
1: everybody. You guys aren't going to want to miss this one. This upcoming Thanksgiving season, we just thought this show was perfect perfect. It's about sitting at your table, talking about faith building and discipleship. Mm -hmm. So I hope you're as encouraged as I was.
0: It really is a fun program. Before we start, don't forget, sign up for the newsletter by going to our website, rebelparenting.org, or texting the word REBEL to 444-999. Also, we're in the year-end giving time, and you can donate at the Donate tab at rebelparenting.org. All donations are tax-deductible, and we're doing Rebel Live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We've got the November No Sugar Challenge going on with the marriage upgrade. We are having so much fun. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, facebook.com slash Dobson and instagram.com slash rebel parenting without any further ado here is laura dobson producer k and sally clarkson on today's edition of rebel parenting
1: well thanks sally for being with us today and we just want to talk about your new book the life-giving table and um just your heart behind the book and why you did it and just what's going on in your life today
2: well, I'm so happy to be here, and it's fun to be in Colorado Springs with you. A live interview here together. Um, I am so excited about this book because I, I've written all of these books in sequence, kind of. You know, I did the Life Giving Home last time, and it was kind of the rhythms and the parameters. But I have all these kids who talk all the time, who all five of them are writers. They've all written wow. books or done book contracts, and um, we just have the most amazing table time together. Mm. And I think when I was a young mom, I realized that one day I must have been frustrated about having to cook one more time Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, thinking right. of what everybody would actually eat. And I realized that there were over 19,000 meals that they would consume before they were 18 years old. Whoa. Oh, my goodness. I know. You never think about Crazy. that. Well, if you, think, if you yeah. take three meals a day at least, plus the snacks or tea time, oh my and goodness. then if you multiply it times 365, and then if you multiply that times 18... And I, I suddenly realized, oh my goodness, if I just laid one little brick of love or encouragement or wisdom every single day, I would that would be the shaping of their hearts, minds, and souls. Wow. And um, I realized, you know, I think that a lot of women who are writing me about this book right now are saying, I have three children under five. Yes, mm-hmm. that's my <laughs> neighbor, <laughs> Carrie.
1: Uh, yeah. uh, all, yes, most of the women I run with, that's yeah. what they have.
2: Yeah, exactly. And so they're all thinking... What is she talking about, yes. you know, civilizing the world through our table? And I think it's because is the first years you're just establishing, helping them to sit down in their seats or yes. establishing <laughs> an atmosphere that says, I am so grateful for you. You're one of my favorite people in the world, mm-hmm. that they would want mm-hmm. to come to the table. Yeah. And I actually was interviewing my two uh, daughters last week. And they said, just by asking little questions when they were little, um, what's what's the best story you you uh, remember from today mm. uh, they all said or they both said we had an expectation that you wanted to hear what we had to say oh. so we always wanted to have something to say yeah. and um, wonderful. so I really think that it uh, people are always saying how did your children become writers or you exactly. know go to these great schools and do all these crazy things and I want to say there's no formula That most influence that comes Mm -hmm. to any of us is through relationship.
1: I know we all want the easy checklist. Just tell me, Sally,
2: what to do A, (laughs) B, and C, so
1: my kids don't end up in jail. (laughs) At least that's my narrative. Exactly. (laughs) Or that they make a
2: difference in our community. And yeah, Yeah. and I think everybody wants a quick thing. Yeah, I I want something to do fifteen minutes a day. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And relationships, and actually, I think mentoring and influence happens in the organic. Uh, minutes of the day you know it's it's when you get up in the morning it's when you're uh, they're eating Cheerios Mm -hmm. or um, you know you're having I we lived in Europe a long time and uh, all of my kids are in, in the UK now, so we all believe strongly in caffeine in the afternoon. Yeah. so um, do I. Thank goodness. We're yes. good <laughs> Three o'clock. <laughs> okay. yeah, we call it tea time, tea no time. matter what uh, you call it, but mm-hmm. uh, no matter what you drink. But it was those moments of sitting out on the porch, having strong tea and something wonderful to nibble on. Mm-hmm. And it was those moments where we became friends, where we would talk about important things, where they would share their heart or mom can you come talk to me alone? Mm, and, uh, you know, yeah. so I feel like if you have a mindset of understanding that, uh, God made us to eat and he made wonderful food and drinks for us to partake of yeah. every day. Mm-hmm. If we don't, we will die.
1: Yeah.
2: And, yep. um, so mm-hmm. we originally, I was going to call the book faith by feasting because whether we have, um, you know, just a bowl of oatmeal or yeah. a Chateaubriand, we call it mm-hmm. feasting. Yeah. We, we like candles, put on music And then we just gather together and Mm -hmm. our friends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Every day. I mean, when
1: did this start for you? When did you get this vision that the table could be a source of changing your family culture? Like,
2: when did that come to you? You know, I think it it was both gradual and also early because I was a single missionary in uh, Eastern Europe. And uh, when it was all communist And uh, the habit of everyone meeting for tea or coffee, you could have a table all day if you wanted to over one little cup of coffee. And I realized that our most profound influence in ministry happened over just a table. Uh, If you have the mentality of this is a place where I can uh, really encourage the heart of my friend Mm. or ask them questions the art of asking questions is so important just to draw people out because everyone wants us to tell uh, wants to tell about what's going on yeah Mm -hmm. but there are so few people who actually take initiative to ask questions so i think it was way long ago when i was a single having these very strong cappuccinos in vienna austria (laughs) 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 and i would sit there and i would realize you know there is there is a life when you come to the table there's a life to friendship there's life to relationship so I am such an idealist and um I'd never babysat I'd never had any children uh, I over you know a lot when I was younger And I'm the youngest in a family of all boys above me.
1: Me too. too. Are you really? Same with Kristen. How many boys are there? Just two
2: above me. Okay, um, we
3: have four. I have three.
2: Oh, do you really? Uh And so I didn't come to mothering with a lot of knowledge. Yeah, Mm -hmm. me either. Uh, (laughs) So when I had my kids, you know, I thought, oh, um, you know, I will bring everything I've learned as a young single uh, woman. To the table, and they will all sit there quietly. Wow. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. So I had the ideal. I yeah. just, you know, had to change my expectations mm-hmm. that it would be a gradual process. But I noticed if I did make it special, you know, yeah. if I, uh, I made sure to put us at the table before they were all. Low blood sugar. In other mm. words, yes. I think all I of a sudden children in the afternoon yeah. mm-hmm. um, really fall apart Yeah, yeah. and uh, start getting whiny and all. So I, I realized even if Clay and I ate later, I would uh, just, you know, if it was nibbles, if it was just Something. some kind of, yeah, little uh, cheese and nuts or yeah. little toasts or whatever, mm. I would sit them down and say, oh, we get to celebrate life again. Aww. And so little by little... They just loved, oh boy, table time. Yeah.
1: Well, I know in your book, you talked a little bit about, I just want everyone listening, that it's not perfect. When I'm sitting here talking to Sally and she has this gorgeous table at every single moment. (laughs) Because I thought that. I'm like, wow, she really has it all together. How does she do that every time? But you did talk about there's fights sometimes and the Mm -hmm. other attitudes come into play. So when I read that, I was like, Okay, it doesn't have to be perfect, but just to do the little steps. Could you talk to our listeners about doing the little things to implement that into changing a culture? Because I know for me, I sometimes get too busy, and so the dinner gets thrown in. Let's eat and move on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. But I think what you're saying is stop. No, this is what's most important. Right, right. Connecting. So. Yeah, I would just love to hear more about that. I think it's developing
2: a grid that says our table time is important. Mm, Yeah, perfect. Uh, I I think it's, you know, when you have 19,000 moments to Mm. do something. And I think the second thing I realized, and a lot of women, um, men, don't come to the table with this in their mind, but you have to come to the table with something in your own soul. Mm. Mm, And uh, I realized that when I was reading or having a quiet time or exposing myself to great people... Then I would say, I read this thing today. Or mm. I I had this thought. Or mm. uh I heard that heroes are a possibility in everyone. It depends on how much they want to be a hero. You know, I would They're I good. would come to the table thinking about is there any one little thing I can mm. share? Are there questions I can ask them? What were your high points and your low points? Someone on another podcast shared that with me. Um, you know, but if I came to the table expecting myself to be the conductor of life. Mm. It wasn't about uh, whether or not my food was organic or not. You know, well, <laughs> but, if, if I listen. had a, a you know, seven yep. course meal, it was yep. more about everyone loves to eat. Yep. Everyone loves to drink. And we all want to be friends. So mm-hmm. I wanted to, more than anything, that's why I said, whether it's a, mm-hmm. see little candle, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we There's tried. We, right tried. we wanted to we do flowers. Like, <laughs> 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 we were committed, and then it didn't work out. We both, no. you oh, know, no. <laughs> intention mean, and And some of the times, okay. it was just the kids collecting pine cones. I made the table beautiful. Aww. Um, <laughs> and sometimes there was nothing. Um, I might have shared this with you in the last podcast, but one of my favorite verses in uh, Proverbs is, where there are no oxen. The stalls are always clean. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I have seven oxen every single night, (laughs) and my stalls are rarely clean. Actually, six until my son-in-law. And I thought, so if my stalls aren't clean, that's okay. That means I've got a lot of oxen living here. That's right. (laughs) So um, I would say it's really about deciding, number one, that you're going to communicate love to your children. You yeah. don't always have to feel like you love them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I Setting realized the intention. I yeah. used yeah. to think that my kids would discover someday uh, that I didn't love them. And so they weren't going to listen to what I said. But if mm. I acted in a mature way and said words of love, they thought I was telling the truth because they were all more self-absorbed anyway. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, um, <laughs> but I think coming to the table prepared in your mind, I'm going to try to bring grace to our table. Mm. And I'm going to try to cultivate relationships. Mm. Uh, Secondly, I'm going to try to come to the table with something interesting to say, because I want to engage their little mental muscle Mm. into ideas every single day, if we can, so that they can get in the habit of being communicators, that Mm. they will know that what they have to say matters to me. Yeah.
3: Yeah. In our house, I have three boys and one girl. And the oldest is the girl and she will dominate
2: the conversation conversation.
3: (laughs) but we we have been very intentional about having a question a night Mm -hmm. and they if i'm not on top of it they are on top of it oh that's and it's fun chick-fil-a for a while was handing out little conversation starters for the table Uh and um so they still have all of those and they will bring them to the table if i forget Mm -hmm. but what i was going to say was Copeland, my oldest, she will, you give her a question and she will talk the entire <laughs> table and the boys just She's sit there. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. Yes, but um, it's just a, a, I would think that would be one of my questions is how do you balance You know, one person would love, like what you say, there's extroverts and introverts and, and, um, she loves to bounce ideas off. And then one just likes to sit back and watch everybody and see what they're doing. Uh And then one's a goofball and will throw in a nugget of funny and, um, and then one we want to hear from, but he doesn't feel like he has a space. So how do you handle that? Mm
2: -hmm. You know, I think that it's so important to know that not all days are equal. Uh, Not all children are equal. Mm -hmm. We had two introverts and two extroverts. And one, uh, my different child, who argued every single night, no mm. matter what anyone else said, he corrected Mm. them and said, no matter what tact they took, you know, and now I realize he loves to debate, you know, I I learned over the years how to read him. And uh, even several years ago, they were all saying coming home for Christmas. I can't wait for the feast table and talking. Mm. But uh, it's not a perfect table ever, ever, ever. Even last week when I had Mm. all of my kids home (laughs) (laughs) by adult kids, I I have to tell myself, boundaries, girl. You you don't have to control everything. Mm. Uh, These are adult (laughs) children. (laughs) But um, I think it's so important for the ones who talk all the time, Mm. even before you go to the table. uh, You might say to, and she's probably older, and you might say, you are so great at conversation and mm-hmm. you have so many great ideas. Would you help me draw out the, the boys? Ooh, because so I think good. you can no, have so such good. a big influence on them. Holy moly. And, and she would be like,
3: I sure can.
2: Yeah, exactly. I would love it if you would notice one thing that each of the boys did or played with today mm. and say, I'm making this up, I don't know your kids' names, but yeah. Tyler or Thomas or whatever, mm-hmm. Um, I loved the book you were reading. I remember I liked reading it when I was little, Mm. whatever. Um, Could you tell the story of that? So you engage each of the kids in becoming mentors. And then uh, there were times when I would have to say, you have a choice to make. Mm -hmm. You know, you can either choose to stop arguing Mm -hmm. or you can, you know, I mean, I would, I use the table as training time. Mm. Um, But I would always try to give my introverts Mm -hmm. something that I'd noticed about that day. Or I remember when we were reading today or when we were talking or when we went on a walk that you were noticing the tree. Tell me why you liked that tree. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so good. But um, I really think that a part of us literally influencing the world is through all of us learning how to engage other people. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, Mm -hmm. That we're more concerned with what they have to say than what we want to tell everyone. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we also... Uh, Had the 24 Family Ways which was a training a discipleship training tool that we wrote for our kids many years ago and one of the ways was about uh, we learn to listen Mm. and we learn to talk to each other it had something to do with taking consideration of everybody else but I think it's more training into your children the kinds of Uh, daily habits of uh, you you add so much because you have such important things to say. Mm. You're building that in day by day. And of course, as a mom, you're not ready every day. Yes. I mean, sometimes you just think, could somebody else please just yeah. feed the kids tonight? And exactly. that's okay. Yeah. Um, where's but, the robot? Where's yeah. Alexa? <laughs> Alexa, can you please feed
1: my children today? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Oh,
2: wouldn't that be great? Oh, but, where's um, Rosie from yeah. the Jetsons. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and for, you know, for some working moms, because I've worked my whole life, um, I think it's important to know it's even if you don't do it every day. Mm-hmm. What if you did a very uh, like three days a week, or what if you had pizza family nights and mm-hmm. that's when you're gonna on maybe a Friday night, watch a movie later, but you're gonna have discussions. It's not so much that you hit it every time because mm-hmm. you won't be perfect, your kids won't be perfect, there'll be messes, there' will be sick ones. Mm-hmm. It's that you understand that uh, the table is such a great place to build fellowship and relationships. Mm -hmm. And even if you just do it and say, tonight's our table talk, Mm -hmm. even if you just do it irregularly, but you do Mm -hmm. it and you change your attitude and realize it's not just about throwing fast food on the table. This is a time when everybody kind of sits still Mm -hmm. and their adrenaline's going down and you can say, Oh, I'm so glad we belong to each other. It's just those little messages yeah. that you have in your mind that you're fitting in. I tried to put a lot of those messages in the book, but uh, that you have in your heart an understanding mm-hmm. that this is a place where I will see my children as humane. I will honor them. Mm-hmm. I will engage them and I will love them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it becomes your own rhythm and it becomes your own words it just becomes a habit yeah. if you practice it if you practice it right. well I
1: love like at our church and at our school I do, we do a kind of a mixture of Charlotte Mason, mm-hmm. the, uh, their philosophy about right. educating and setting the table for your children, setting the feast right. for them to come to mm-hmm. as an... Edu- I'm a home educator, mm-hmm. so that's what we're doing. And when I was thinking of it, I'm like, yeah, sometimes at Thanksgiving, you know, when you set the gigantic table, right. there's going to be things you don't like on right. the table. Exactly. And I just want to offer that to my children, mm-hmm. a huge array of a things. Banquet of, a banquet of thoughts. Yeah. A banquet of thoughts. And so we do it through living books and other things right. of that nature. Mm -hmm. But I just love it because it's connected to what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Just basic discipleship, you know, Mm -hmm. teaching and training our children's of the things that are beautiful and right and lovely. And to piggyback on that, I would love you talked about in your book, of how to welcome others like the kids in the neighborhood I'm all about that my mom did it I don't know how she did it (laughs) I wish I could talk to her now she's passed on Mm. Um, but there were always kids at our house Mm. always and Mm -hmm. there was kids that would come and like live and move in and like oh okay (laughs) this guy's been here a year when's he going mom (laughs) (laughs) and all those people today I could go find on this planet and they would say your mom saved my life your mom I mean right honey yeah Linda if it wasn't for Linda, I don't know where I'd be today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she can, she did that. And so I'm trying to do it, but I don't really know what her philosophy was. So I would love for you to share a little bit more about how to invite those kids in our neighborhoods mm. over to our life giving table.
2: Right. Well, I think you know, again, an initiative is the most important part mm-hmm. of a relationship that you have in your mind. Mm-hmm. I need to be the one who assumes that they want to be loved, that they want to be honored, that they want to be. Uh, I was uh, working with this Axis uh, Ministry this oh, week, yeah. and um, and I and I had a quotation that they took out and put a poster of. But I said, even if your children roll your roll their eyes yes. and have that stance, it's kind of like, oh brother, mm-hmm. just know that inside there is someone who wants to be heard, respected, honored, mm-hmm. and valued because mm-hmm. all of us long for that. Right. So if you have to establish the mm-hmm. mindset that I know that everybody I come into contact with really longs for me to relate to them to love them in some way and um, I'm not talking about overly but I did make sure to always have chocolate chip cookies batches of them in my refrigerator (laughs) in my freezer little dough balls and um, I even had a period of time when I would invite Nathan to say I would say Nathan why don't you have all your friends over and sometimes we would have a hundred kids in our basement. Oh my, oh my goodness! And they play. It's you know every Colorado house has basements, so yep. they would put two laundry baskets at the end of our den. And knee ball is when you get a soccer ball and you play soccer in the basement on your knees. Awesome! <laughs> nice. Kids would love I that. Am so but, um, <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> it's coming back. <laughs> well, I mean, but it, it was just a particular time. Yeah. But they always knew that they could come over to our house uh, for. Uh, refreshment they could talk to us uh there were even some kids involved in drugs and they would call me in the middle of the night and Mm. say can you talk to this person and uh, that that stretched me a lot uh because I was so fearful for them but I think uh they the boys that uh my boys ran around with called me dude mama and um one time I taught them how to they wanted to have all these girls over so I taught them how to do this particular dish and um They were throwing the chicken back and forth in my kitchen (laughs) but i thought you know these guys are so wonderful Mm -hmm. and they just want us to understand where they are right now Mm -hmm. and uh, really food played a big role there was always food they could come into my refrigerator uh and they could open it up they could open okay so that's the (laughs) chat the
1: chadwicks they come in and i love it because that's how it was at our house you could go and open the fridge and I wasn't used to it, but mm-hmm. I've had certain friends over the years, and their children just come and open my fridge. Well, now, like, you
2: know, when they were oh, little kids, I, like I would that. say, no, that's my space. What would you like? Uh, you know, so yes. it wasn't just everybody in the world, but there were these sure. few guys who said, can I have my favorite drink or whatever? Right. And um, anyway, it was really fun because then one time um, Nathan said, Mom, if you made everybody a steak dinner, you could uh, challenge them and tell them that they need to invest their lives for important things. So... I made a wow. dinner for all these boys, and we were out on the deck, and I made everything. And I said, "Now, you guys, you may think I'm crazy, but Nathan wants me to give you the mm-hmm. talk I gave Get to back. him on the mountains, you know." And yeah. I said, "Wow, you're going to change the world because mm-hmm. I think you guys are world changers." Yeah. And um, they all huddled around at the end of our evening and let me pray for them. And oh. so I think it's the again oh, wow. building a relationship and having lots of food. Yeah. <laughs> um, Perfect. But and when they're little, uh, I always liked having things at my house. Yeah, because same with me. I couldn't determine what was going to be going on yes. in the other homes. Yeah, we agreed to. We and know. you have mm-hmm. to be very careful yes. uh, about your neighbors and mm-hmm. about people you don't know because uh, that's one of the things we're called to do with our kids. Basically, pretty much, it's like the Velveteen Rabbit. You're going to, uh, your hair is going to be falling out. Mm-hmm. You're going to be exhausted. Mm-hmm. You're going to be bruised all over if you're actually. Uh, uh, an intentional parent (laughs) yes, (laughs) and you never get a break. Awesome. So
1: all of you out listening who are tired and feeling like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm a mom falling apart. Hey, you're,
2: you're pointing in the right direction. Yeah, (laughs) You're probably doing a great job. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and the
1: other thing I wanted to touch on, um, was that I have tried to implement tea time. So Mm -hmm. that's connected to inviting the neighbors. So now people in my neighborhood know at around four, they can go to the Dobson household to get a treat. Whatever right. that is, yes. and tea. But see, that's a great philosophy. So that's how. It, but it started with. It started with Holly Packiam and in our in our church and starting the feast of the table. And I just don't know what to do with it now. I guess I'm just like, because they come and we read a poem, but I'm feel like, I'm an evangelist. I have a heart to encourage. Yeah. I see world changer. I can see the gift in people's eyes. I'm right. like, oh, I just want to call this out on the right. children. And they look at me like, oh, here goes crazy Miss Dobson <laughs> speaking all these encouraging words over us or yeah. whatever she's doing. I just don't know where to take it now.
2: Well, I think that uh, I, I'm kind of a perfect example of this. I had grown up off and not in church, but by the time I got to college, I wondered if there was a God in the universe. I mean, mm-hmm. I would I would literally say, if you're there, can Show somebody me. please yes. talk to me?
3: Mm.
2: And it took forever. But finally, this mm. uh, girl came knocking on my door and uh, said, you you don't want to take a religious survey do you. And I said, I do. I mean, she was so shy. And then uh, she basically started sharing different verses with me, different ideas about God. And she said, you know that God created you to know his love, right? I said, no. I've always felt like he shouldn't love me because, because of who I am. Yeah, because Shame. of who I am. Yeah, and, yeah. and the, the, um, I'm always falling short yes. of mm. my ideals. Mm. And after she shared with me, because she even got to, she one day she prayed with me and she said, Um, you really don't have to do this. But if you, you know, I mean, she was so shy (laughs) that God used this really shy woman. Mm -hmm. And when I met her a couple of years later, I was actually going overseas to a ministry. She said, you know, the thing is, you just didn't seem like the type. And I said, what do you mean? She said, well, you just didn't seem like the type of person who would be interested in being a Christian. Interesting. And so I thought, wow, here I was floundering inside, Mm -hmm. smiling on the outside. Right wishing that somebody would give me the answers to Mm -hmm. what I was longing for. I I want to know, is there a purpose? Does life matter? Um, Can I ever uh, be loved for who I am? Mm -hmm. And so I think that starting out with an assumption that Mm -hmm. every single person that you meet is is born to know the love of God, the Mm -hmm. purposes of God. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you can uh, give them gifts, little books, little or Mm -hmm. whatever, but I did, actually, with several of my kids' uh, friends who started. Now, they even come to see me when my kids are out of town. But oh, that's I would, so perfect. Um, I love that. I would, I would say, um, would you want to go to coffee with me? I miss the kids. And then mm. I would bring my book and say, I thought of you when I read Aww. this book. Wow. And uh, so I think it's yeah. looking for bridges yeah. and giving um, gifts. But also, I do think I just wished that someone had talked to me. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so is that what you're doing now with all the women? Because I know some of the women you're mentoring. So yeah. let's jump into real time. Like now, how are you pouring that into us? Us Gen Xers and us moms that are just <laughs> like starving here for any mentoring. Oh, I, I know yes. most moms I know. Mm-hmm. We're
2: just like, help, help us. me. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> help yes. me. There you go. Well, yes. uh, I've always had a heart for discipleship mm-hmm. uh, because as I studied the life of Christ, I would say, how did he do it? And he chose his inner circle 12. Yes. And he uh, he was in the boat with them. He had meals with them. He did all sorts of things. He lived with them a lot. So I have, a, I have what I call the dream team. You have I, your 12. Well, I do. I mean, I, I actually have a whole bunch of women who've, led at all of our conferences for many years. So I probably sure. have my 220. yeah my. Oh, my but, um, <laughs> <To the> 500. <laughs> okay, you got to that. Um, maybe 5000. I actually 000. have <laughs> about 4000 women okay. who lead groups all over the world. Wow. Um, Perfect. but um I built it started because I had a heart. It wasn't about me, it was about loving them and training them. Mm-hmm. And so I uh I have this dream team now. Literally, I call them that because they came to me about uh They came over to my house. I have these fun, home-intensive leadership trainings in my home, and I've got a bunch of friends here who cook for them. And I try to train leadership skills into the women. And then Hmm. a lot of the women who have come to my home over the last 10 years who do this have started conferences where they are. They lead mom heart groups. They work with me. But my dream team said, we need to preserve the messages that you've given at all your conferences for yeah, 21 years. Yeah, for sure. So we uh, started a, you know, I, I started a podcast with one of uh, one of these women a couple of years ago. Literally, we sit in our pajamas. Uh, <laughs> she's in Portland. I'm yeah. here. She used to be in New York City. And we just talk to women. And that's one of the ways every week it's uh, at home with Sally. And we, we talk to thousands of women all over the world. And wow. And then um, we've had conferences for many years. But we, I have a blog post but um I these women came to me and said you need to start a course and I said what's a course <laughs> and so I have a cultivating life with Sally where every month we have about eight areas we have from recipes to education talks to I have a friend who talks about famous composers and oh yeah. how they change the world and oh, wow. um and I have uh, Holly who you yeah. mentioned she's uh, she brings fun books every month and we have posters and, and downloadable Bible studies. So wow. now we have the about probably eight or ten components that are working towards helping women to know that their lives matter. Mm-hmm. That discipling and civilizing the next generation is quite important at this time in history. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, yeah. character qualities and faith will not be built if somebody isn't doing it intentionally. Yep. And yes. so that's really my heart mm-hmm. is to train women uh, to to start groups so that they can have a friend. Mm. to grow with through mm. uh, all these books and Bible studies. And that's part of the Mom Heart Group yeah, that I heard the, you That's of? what the Mom Heart Groups are. Okay. They're small groups. You can go to Facebook and join the join Mom them. Heart Groups. Okay, mm. And um, we wrote a book that, that talks about how to have a Mom Heart Group. Mm. And so literally we just have these uh, communities of women all over the world who read the books, talk about them, have little conferences together, follow the podcast do the cultivating life with it's just a lot of different places and
1: yeah well i just need to give a plug so for anyone out who, there who's listening maybe maybe not plugged into a group or you don't have your tribe what i hear you talking about mm. is the tribe oh, this yeah. is, these
2: are definitely my tribe and i just the love women, these women the, okay
1: so the girl who picked up my children today for carpool is in one of your tribes and oh, one of really? your mom heart groups yeah uh jessica williams shout out to you jessica have fun.
2: hi jessica, <laughs> hey, jessica.
1: <laughs> and anyway she's she's on fire she has a thriving family culture i know her I I live I I live next near nearer so all that being said I just want to encourage you ladies if you're looking for a tribe this is your opportunity you might find a niche here I yeah. mean this is just amazing I love what you're doing I love your discipleship training it's just great so yeah. I just
2: I just love women I think they're I the tell. most amazing people in the world <laughs> Yes I can tell All
3: right Sally so in the book Going back to the book, mm-hmm. um, you talk about family day, mm-hmm. which I absolutely love because I come from my in-laws. They have done, since they were small, um, they have five kids, mm-hmm. and they've done a love gift day. Oh, and fun. so they would, we handpick one person, and now it's all the spouses and children mm-hmm. that are old enough. Um, we have to hand make a gift every year so you you know who you have for about six months beforehand and you pray about it and every year it is mind-blowing we sit Mm -hmm. in a circle we have cinnamon rolls in the morning (laughs) and when we make homemade raviolis Uh... and then we sit in a circle in the living room and we we write them a letter and we read it to that person and then we present the gift and the gifts are always just mind-blowing and so perfect and right on and so What, what, what kind of gift so um Let's see. So some of my favorites. Um, So my husband, Joshua, he made for his sister, who has the most beautiful voice. She actually teaches piano for Laura (laughs) as kids. And um, he designed, he's not um, a graphic artist but he figured out how to make a giant um, old school microphone and he superimposed it on this huge poster board Mm -hmm. and gave it to her as use your gift of singing and but it's usually the letters that just everybody's Mm -hmm. weeping and oh my (laughs) goodness it's so beautiful and um yeah and then there's been sewing and quilt making and um leather crafting
2: that's amazing yes
3: it becomes elaborate yeah furniture is always the like what (laughs) you made that so when i read about family day i was like oh this is such a chadwick move of just that sweet intentionality of everyone looking forward to coming back home Mm -hmm. and the smell of cinnamon rolls and coffee Mm -hmm. and everybody's just in their pjs and like oh i'm so glad to be here this Mm is home and um I mean, yeah, so I want you to talk about Family Day because I think Well, I think that's it's such so a great important. Idea.
2: It? We're such an isolationist culture now. Everybody mm-hmm. relates to their Facebook and uh, online and mm-hmm. all these different things, but people long for eye- eyeball-to-eyeball right. contact. Right. And, mm-hmm. and so many years ago, we read the story of Joshua where uh, he, he made this big, huge pile of stones. Mm. And he said, now, when all of your children pass by here, you need to tell them the miracles that God has done. Yeah. And so we started out, we were talking about it the other day, we used to have big piles of stones on our table. Yeah. Um, and we even have pictures that the kids would draw. Every year we, we gather, and this is the, actually, we couldn't believe it, we flew all the kids in from all over the world for five days. And um, But anyway, we gather, we have a huge feast of uh, these, I have some of the recipes in the book, but... We call them Polish eggs and cinnamon rolls, Mm -hmm. and uh, everybody sits around with their caffeine of choice. (laughs) And uh, we always read the story of Joshua and say, uh, God wanted us to remember what he had done. Mm -hmm. So everyone knows that that year, they're going to be looking for the fingerprints of God. Um, Because actually, after 33 years of doing this, we have a Clarkson history we can say what happened in 2001 and what happened. And some of the years were so bad that we thought we're not going to have anything to say this year because we had a flood and a wreck and, you know, (laughs) this person was in the hospital. And then we would all gather together and look back and we were amazed. Oh yeah, but so-and-so paid our bills and Mm. -and so-and-so brought meals. And we could see that God had faithfully provided in the dark times, the good times, but anyway so we sit around we read the story everybody talks about what they have seen god's faithfulness in their life that year in light of remembering when we remember his faithfulness we say and so i know he'll be faithful Mm. from now on and it's kind of a way of calling all of us back to what do we believe you know Mm -hmm. why is this important why does it matter Mm -hmm. is christ relevant and then we leave, and we always go up hiking at Mueller State Park in the mountains, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I make uh, fried chicken and brownies, and uh, it's become a silly thing, because now all the kids take a thousand pictures. Oh, take a picture yeah, of me yeah. on the rock, my adult Selfies. children. <laughs> uh, take a picture of yeah. all of us. Now let's get Thomas and Sarah. Let's get... So, and then we always go back by some kind of a wonderful cafe on the way home for mm. or coffee mm. and a movie night. But. It's just that I think that sometimes we don't know how uh, when we feel alone in the world to know that you have, we call it our pack because we have golden retrievers that we love Mm. and uh, we learned that word from them. Yep. (laughs) But if you have your pack that you belong to, you know, no matter what, they're going to be at your back. They're going to speak your languages. They're going to like your tea Mm -hmm. or coffee. And um, so I think it helps our kids remember that they... Uh, will always have someone to belong to Mm. and that they have somebody to be accountable to. So it makes them want to have faith and cultivate their faith. And it makes them want to keep traditions up because we have a real grace-based home and inclusion. And um, so that's what we did. And Mm. uh, that's kind of a a short summary of a very long day. I love it. I
3: love it i still want to adopt that one <laughs> well, it's just fun and
2: you know again it's not a perfect time i can remember the first time we did it nathan and joel were uh very small and they spilled you know there it was milk or juice or something yeah. on the table and it went all the way to the other side and sarah started crying oh. and i thought we will never do this again but we tried it the next year and the next year yeah. and now if we don't do it uh you know our adult children are saying Okay, so how can we schedule family days so we can all be in one place? And last year we were at Sarah's wedding in Oxford mm. and we had a family day. So oh, different, cool. different years, different places.
1: Yeah, That's awesome. So Sally, one, uh, one last thing and we can close it up. What would be the one last thing you would say to that millennial mom sitting out there who has three kids under the age of five, yeah. struggling, just trying to make it through each day? What would one morsel of hope that you could offer to those
2: new moms out there? I would say it's so important for you to understand that your role has eternal significance, that Mm. you are very valuable. And even if you're tired and you're not natural at it, we have to understand that the shaping of the next generation happens in all the mundane moments at home, Mm. that uh, Mm. character is shaped, love is given, uh, uh, that you can tell a great story. Uh, just by being faithful to those children and seeing the potential, like, saying so maybe they will be like the next—I uh, don't know—composer, maybe they'll, they'll be the next great leader, or or they'll uh, solve cancer. If you see your life with potential and know that in the messes you can bring forth greatness, so that without your love and without your intentionality, without your commitment, they may not live into their full potential but that God has really created uh, women and mothers to be those who give life and who give excellence and holiness to each other.
1: Thank you, Sally, for coming to be with us today. It was so so fantastic. We appreciate it. I hope
2: we run into each other again.
1: I hope to come to your table, right? (laughs) oh, you should.
2: Just let me know when. (laughs)
0: Hey Rebels, I hope you enjoyed that program as much as we had recording it. Sally is so much fun and having producer Kay and Laura there to talk about using our homes, our tables as a way to spread our faith is so much fun and it's a great thing for us to do during the holiday season. Don't forget we're in year in giving time. You can give, donate at the donate tab at rebelparenting.org. All donations are tax deductible and don't miss us. Rebel Live, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, talking about all kinds of current events, all the stuff that we're dealing with in faith. And on Wednesday with Wellness Wednesday, we've got No Sugar November going on. I can't say I'm loving it, but I'm sticking with it. And the marriage upgrade, we are having a ton of fun. That's Rebel Live every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 8 Pacific, 11 Eastern, facebook.com slash dobson, instagram.com slash rebel parenting. God bless. We will see you next week.